Welcome home, everyone. Thank you for joining in on this episode of Welcome Home with the Katinas. Welcome Home is a podcast where I, your host Josh, sit down for a conversation with different people who I admire and discuss whatever's on their mind, and especially focus on life at home in times like this. Wherever you are and however you're listening, thank you for your support, and once again, welcome home. Thank you, everyone, for joining in on this episode of Welcome Home with the Katinas. Um, I hope you've been enjoying the past episodes that we've uh, been able to share with you all. And um, I'm really excited, just the different guests that I've been able to have in uh, to record. It's been a special time for me, and uh, I've learned a lot, and I really enjoy I know that um, our listeners are learning and, and really just getting to... Um, experience good stories, some wisdom, some laughs. And so uh, I appreciate all the feedback that we get. Um, And today I'm really excited uh, for this guest. I believe you are my first aunt to come and sit down and record. Um, But I want to welcome you, my auntie Chrissy Katina. Thank you for being here today. Hey. Thanks for having me, Josh. I'm so excited to sit down and show off my house that my lovely wife has decorated. (laughs) It's gorgeous. She makes it look pretty, and I just, I'd let her take all the credit for that. But um, (laughs) uh, I want to give you, Auntie, just an opportunity first to introduce yourself to our listeners and, and share with them just a little bit about yourself, whatever that may be. Well, hey, I'm Auntie Chrissy. Um, I am married to James. He's the bass player. Um, the cute one. I used to say it all the time. I still say it, but you know, 17 years of marriage and he's still the cute one. Um, no offense to any other people out there, but, um, but yeah, we've been together for, um, really we met in, we met at the millennium right at 2000 and, uh, well, 2001 technically. Um, and yeah, I'm here in Franklin. We've got um, five kiddos got Jackson who's married and in college going to be a physical therapist and all the way down we got Dylan who um, is just killing it out there in the workforce and then down to Haley who is in high school and Riley is a um, she's seventh grade and oh, you're testing me I'm like how old are they <laughs> um, seventh grade um, and then we've got Little Levi, who's Young five. <laughs> yeah, he's just five. I saw yeah. um, Levi. You put, we have a big family text thread, and there was a picture <laughs> posted of Levi maybe a week ago at his baseball game. Yeah, how's that been going? Oh my gosh, he's he's a hoot. Like he's he's the one that we just we didn't know we needed. Yeah, and um, we kind of thought we were done having kids after Riley because that's the that's the big gap. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been so much fun to kind of slow down with him because yeah. it's so easy to just, you blink and it's over. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh my gosh, Jackson's married. Wow. Right. Like he was so little like a day ago. Um, you know, Haley's looking at colleges already and it's like, she's, wow. she's got like two years left and she's out the door, you know, and it just yeah. goes so fast. And so when Levi was born, it was kind of like a, okay, we're not going to let this just fly by we're gonna appreciate the moments we're not gonna be so rigid because we were with the others Mm -hmm. very rigid and like you know this is what you need to do and this is how the book says to do it so we're gonna do it this way and Mm -hmm. with Levi we've really kind of 
I guess they call that the birth order. Yeah. <laughs> he's the baby. And yeah. um, oh, we don't spoil him, but he's it's been fun to watch him grow and enjoy those moments and be more present, like at the, at the baseball games. Yeah. You know, like being able to watch him enjoy something and be good at something. He's just actually really good. I mean, I know yeah. I sound like a proud mama. Oh, but, no, I believe but it. But the dude can throw. He's. I think he's going to be a pitcher. Like he's accurate for That's five. Awesome. He can throw right to the person he needs to throw to. He hits from the pitcher every time. So, um, yeah, we're, we're excited to see where, where things go with him. And, you know, um, it's been fun for Uncle James to be able to actually be around to, yeah. like, be a coach. Like, usually the guys are on the road so right. much, but since COVID, it's been a little bit slower. Mm-hmm. And so he's been able to be home and also be able to enjoy those moments that he really didn't get to do, you know, several years back. So yeah. it's been cool. I'm, I'm glad that Levi's playing baseball. Um, baseball was like my first love. Uh, and, I remember. And I grew up playing sports from a young age. And I really think baseball, it's a great, obviously it's fun for the kids. Yeah. As That's the first thing is it should be fun. But mm-hmm. I think baseball, as you get older and you start, you get into like kid pitch and mm-hmm. um, if you pursue it and start taking it a little more seriously, it, it really gives you a good opportunity to, um, to fail. Mm-hmm. It's, and, you know, uh, some of my, like, I remember striking out for the first time in kid pitch. I still mm-hmm. remember it when mm-hmm. I struck out and, um, it's a hard experience, but it's so healthy for kids to, to fail at, at things like that. And then it also teaches you how to be a part of a team and totally. Totally. baseball is one. Of, I guess you could say this about all team sports, but you can't go up there and hit for your teammates. They are the ones that have to go hit. And so sometimes there's things that are out of your control um, in life and in baseball that you have to deal with. So I'm a big fan of baseball. I think it's awesome that Levi's doing that. Um, I love it. (laughs) I also, I think it's funny. Whenever I talk to, to parents, they always talk about how, you know, their first kid, the way they parented their first kid was completely <laughs> different than the way they mm-hmm. parented their last kid. And oh, yes. I recently had a conversation with uh, Mr. Jeff Helton, and he, he was talking about the difference between uh, how he raised his kids and his relationship now with his, his grandkids. Mm. And he one thing that he said that stuck with me was that when it comes to his grandkids, he has no fear at all he's not the he's he's not um his relationship with them is not based on fear Hmm. he's not afraid oh you're gonna get hurt oh you shouldn't do this you shouldn't do that wow um and you know maybe i know levi's not your grandson but (laughs) just being the youngest i think you know i'm not a parent myself but i can see why fear would be a place where a parent could operate from and so oh yeah it was it was definitely different you know jackson and dylan are my stepsons and Mm so i've known them since they were two and four and i'll never forget meeting them opening up the apartment door and i see dylan in his little diaper and he runs away with his little grin (laughs) saggy diaper and i was like oh my gosh what am i getting into (laughs) um but but yeah i i grew into the whole parent role pretty quickly like I was that was never on my you know my radar Mm -hmm. when I was a teenager or growing up like oh I'm gonna you know have two sons I'm gonna just built in but um it has been such an amazing journey having those boys and and then you know so I kind of got a quick intro to parenthood but from 
the outside. It was like, okay, they're mine, but you know, I'm not in charge technically. So right. I was kind of watching it, but also having that relationship and being a friend to them. And so I got a quick intro. Um, and then when we had Haley, then it was like, oh, I got to read some books because mm-hmm. like there's, <laughs> I'm the, the mom here that yeah. I like, I've got to make sure she's fed and diapered and changed. And it was like a whole different thing. And so we definitely were a lot more, um, structured with yeah. i'd say the first three um than the last two yeah <laughs> so um yeah i uh, i recently had a, a conversation with alexis about you know, we're not planning on having kids anytime soon but <laughs> i was thinking like if that day comes i'd have no idea <laughs> what to do with it. you are uh, in yeah, for I it know. And, okay, how old were you how old were you when uh you married uncle james i was 20 i just turned 25 so you became a stepmom at 25 yes. i'm 25 now so yes so that's uh, that's a, an amazing yep. leap of faith and <laughs> a, really a testament to your love for uncle james and and jackson and dylan as well yeah. just to take that on because um, I'm sure there were challenges, um, but I know that you've been yeah. a blessing in their lives. But oh, thanks, Josh. Um, well, thanks for kind of sharing a brief introduction. Yeah. Uh, the way that this podcast goes with my guests is um, I have three questions for them. Okay. And the first two are really things that I'm more interested in. And then the third question is a little bit more about you. So... Um, I'll get started with your first question. And um, I had Uncle James on a couple weeks ago, and he shared uh, a little bit about your background um, in the music industry. Mm -hmm. But I felt like I'm obligated to ask you about that to to share just a little bit more about um, just your history with that. And Mm -hmm. um, yeah. what your experiences were through that well i i grew up knowing i was going to be in the industry i mean i was one of those kids that was like i don't need to do good in school because i'm going to be an actress and like <laughs> the teacher's like she needs to stop talking <laughs> i was like it's okay this is part of what i need to do to practice my career <laughs> like they don't understand these teachers you know i was i knew from the beginning that i wanted to be out there in the spotlight and um, entertainment industry. I knew I didn't know where, but like I did a lot of musical theater growing up. Mm. Um, I did. I started getting into recording. Wrote my first song. I was a Debbie Gibson fan. So for I all those '80s, I don't know who Debbie come Gibson. Come on, you don't come on. Maybe if if I heard a song or something. Oh Lord, I feel embarrassed. You have to look her up. All right. I'll, okay, and you have to over. pretend you're like an eight year old girl. Okay, okay. <laughs> Debbie Gibson. Debbie Gibson. Yeah, so anyway, but I was blown away because she was like, I think when she got in the industry, she was like 15, 14, 13, okay. somewhere like that. But she was writing her own songs. She played piano and she had albums out. And so wow. I was like, oh my gosh, I want to do that. And so I would, I just was like, if she can write songs, I can write songs. Yeah. And so I just started writing and I, I wrote and recorded my first song when I was, I was I think I was 13. Wow. And um, it was called By My Side. And uh, I still remember all the lyrics. <laughs> And I knew when I did that, we went to my mom, bless her heart. She <laughs> drove me all the way out to the middle of nowhere to this old studio that actually was pretty amazing because I'd never seen one before. Yeah. Um, but it was, 
so much fun to be able to like see somebody take my song and make a track and because mm-hmm. I didn't know how to do all that yeah and so I recorded it and she had to pay for it so thank you mom yeah. but I got my first song recorded at 13 and I knew then I was like I'm gonna I'm gonna do this and didn't know how <laughs> and um so throughout the years through high school I just stayed involved in music and choir and, sh- and shows and I'd start taking voice lessons and um, I was on a local uh, a lot of people don't know this, but I was on a local TV show. Oh, wow. Um, it was in the tri-state area in Philadelphia and um, New Jersey and Delaware. And it was called the Al Alberts Showcase. So look that one up. Okay. <laughs> you got all kinds of research. <laughs> and um, it was like, it's basically like this um, guy that hosted an online, like an on- online, well, uh, not online. <laughs> uh, it was just on the TV talent uh-huh. show. And it was like, you know, kids and there was like li- little kids at the on the stage telling jokes and, but it was like a big deal to our area, you know, to be on the Al Albert show was a big deal. So that was kind of one of my first big things I did. And then, um, ended up getting a manager and I did a lot of things. Um, I was some extra, like extras in some movies up in the Hamptons. And, um, I did some uh, documentaries and things like that. Just, you know, having an agent in the area was, was really fun. That's all I did. I, I didn't really have a, social life i yeah, just i was gonna ask how did ate, you slept to breathe i did school and then i came home and i wrote songs and i sang and i practiced i did voice lessons i drove to new york to do auditions and like it was that was my life mm. and i loved it like it wasn't like i had to do it and i'm so thankful that i had something that i loved yeah. you know because some people don't know what they want to do right. and so it was really awesome to be able to just be like this is what this i know what i want to do and i know how i got to do it and so that was a blessing and then anyway, I ended up getting, through my voice teacher, um, I had this opportunity to join a, um, an R&B group. Now, I'd never sang R&B music. I was doing musical theater yeah. and some pop music, um, and so it was never really on my radar. But he said, I think you might be a good fit for this group. And I was like, oh, okay, sure. I was like, I'm open to anything. You know, I just want to get out there. And how old were you and at this time? I was 15, Okay. I think. So you're 15. still very young. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so it was a um, group, we were called Choice, and um, there was me and two other girls, and we practiced all the, I made the group, and so we practiced, I don't even know for how long, I mean, we were always together, practicing, rehearsing, we had managers that were destined to get us a record contract, and um, and then one of the girls ended up not working out, and so it was down to two of us, and they were like, well, um, we think we have another girl. And we, f- we found her in a club in Philly. And um, we're like, oh, well, can she sing? And they were like, oh, yeah. I think they could, <laughs> she could probably teach you a few things. Uh-huh. And we're like, oh, okay, whatever. So they brought her to my house. And, um, and they said, guys, this is Alicia. She's going to be, they really didn't give us like a trial. It was just, she's going to be in the group. Yeah. <laughs> and when she sang, we were just floored. Like, uh-huh. what? Like, incredible voice. Um, Alicia is now known as Pink mm. out there in the mainstream wow. industry. And so we were together in a group for, we didn't really, it wasn't really that much longer. We got a record deal pretty much quickly after she, wow. pretty quickly after she joined the group. I have no idea why. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> um, so we were, we worked with Boys to Men. We got to work with Babyface and um, it was it was a, an amazing opportunity. Yeah. We signed with LaFace Records in Georgia, and um, 
worked for several years. Record. They I think they spent over a million dollars on our our um, contract, our album, like just recording and writing. And um, we were probably at the very end of the DV or the CD era. Okay. We had a master cassette. Wow. <laughs> it was right at the edge of, D- of CDs coming up. And um, this is a very condensed version. A lot went on, but uh-huh. um, towards we we did a showcase, um, like a Christmas showcase. They they that was their intro to like showing the world who we were, uh-huh. and we were these three white girls singing R and B music. That was like <laughs> the gimmick, kind of, and it tanked. Uh-huh. According to them, it did not go well. So I don't have a like a video of it. I don't know how it went, but according to them, it didn't go well. But they loved what they saw in pink. Mm. And so after the showcase, they really saw something in pink that they wanted to move forward with. As they said, you're great in a group, but you would be fantastic as a solo artist. Mm -hmm. We want to see what you can do. And so they basically were putting her in a position where she was like, oh, I mean, I'm with these girls, but like, I really want, she wanted her dream too. And so it was like, we were these young girls and it was it was hard. It was like the hardest thing I think I've ever went through in my life because yeah. they basically told us that, you know, look, you're about to lose your record deal. Wow. If you don't sound good, you're going to at least have to look good. Mm. So you better get in the gym. They put us in the gym with trainers for eight hours a day, wow. seven days a week. We ate nothing but chicken and salad. That is crazy. I was running five miles like around, you know how hot it is in Atlanta in August? Yeah. We were running around the perimeter uh, mall area. And you were still like a teenager. Yeah, at this yeah point. I was wow. 16, 17. That's crazy. And my trainer would just ride his bike next to me saying, come on, let's go, let's go. And I, I, was, I actually developed exercise-induced asthma from wow. it because it was so much work. We would do a thousand crunches a day. Oh my gosh. Every day. And we would just watch movies on the treadmill, like movie after movie. And it was insane. But we were that determined to keep our... Like, this is my life, God. This is, and I wasn't really a believer back then. I wasn't like, okay, God, this is, if this isn't your plan, then I trust you. I mean, it was more like, nope, this is what I want and it's not going away and I'm going to make it happen. And, um, it didn't work out Hmm. even despite all of my efforts. It just wasn't, it wasn't God's will. And I'm so glad it wasn't because I wouldn't be here. Hmm. And I know really deep down that wasn't me. And it didn't serve me well, you know, Mm. and it brought me to a place where I found my faith and I found my family. And like, if you could, if right now, if somebody said, I can bring you back to that moment and make it all happen, I would tell them no, Mm. honestly, wholeheartedly, because no fame and money and all of that success would have been worth trading for what I have now. I really, I mean, I'm wholeheartedly saying that because I think I would have been miserable. Mm just wasn't me and you know so it was an interesting ride (laughs) lots of experiences lots lots of parties and lots of backstage passes (laughs) and lots of thank god we didn't have the internet back then (laughs) we had no reality tv we probably would have been a reality show like they gave us our own house they paid for all our bills they paid for the house wow so we were just three young girls living in a house and every now and then our mom would come down and like check in (laughs) on us and it, so I'm still confused. How did you get through school after doing we, all of this? Well, <laughs> um, I had a, me and um, Sharon, the other girl, we both had a tutor okay. that came down. He actually flew down and, and tutored us every other week. Okay. And so we had work to do. Uh, we were home, basically homeschooled. Yeah. And um, 
And I don't think Alicia did. I think she just kind of dropped out. I don't know if she ever got her GED. I feel like she was going to, but I don't think she... I don't know. Who knows? I I hear... um, I've heard, like, interviews with people who became, like, reached high levels of fame at a really young age, like Mm -hmm. people like Miley Cyrus and Demi Lovato and things like that. People like that. Mm -hmm. And it just seems like such a strange way Mm -hmm. to grow up yeah uh i don't know how healthy it is to like be like paying Mm -hmm. your parents bills when you're a a kid or i i don't know i i think it's a it's it's a dangerous path to walk down obviously for some people that's their calling right you know but you can see it i mean proof is in the pudding i mean how many of these situations end up good you know these child stars and so, um, yeah, like back to my, my point, I don't think it was, you know, it was meant to be, I wouldn't change it for the world. Yeah. It was an amazing experience. I learned so much about producing and songwriting and it led me into Zoe girl, which is why I moved to Nashville to begin with. And I, I would not have had that opportunity if I hadn't had the opportunity with choice. So yeah. it's just interesting to, I always love looking back and going, okay, what was the catalyst for this? What was mm-hmm. the what was the link? What was the connection? How did all these steps equal now? You know, and there it's neat to look at that. Yeah, I I actually remember when um, I don't know how old I would have been, but uh, my parents told me, yeah, Uncle James has a friend. Uh, <laughs> uh, she's she's in Zoe Girl. Oh my gosh! And I knew who Zoe Girl was, <laughs> That's and funny. so. Uh, that's who you were in my mind. Uh, Uncle James is friends with the Zoe, with a Zoe girl. <laughs> and, uh, uh, obviously you guys went on to get married and yeah. you had kids and I don't know if you remember this, but there was a time I want to say maybe I was eight or nine years old and, um, my mom, my brother and I, uh, went on the tour bus with you and Zoe girl for, it was like a weekend or something. I remember. I yep. think Haley had just recently been born. She was born. Yep. You guys were helping watch her. Yeah. I remember it. I had lots of experiences with the Katinas going on the road <laughs> with them. Um, it was a little different. Yeah. It was a little different, but it, that was a fun trip uh, for me. It was just a weekend trip. I got to, I don't remember where it was to, but, um, what, what was so it fun. like, like being a, a, a new mom, um, but still traveling with Zoe girl, like what were the challenges that came with that? There were, there were definitely challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have never predicted like, Oh, I'm going to be a mom on the road, you know, with, you know, touring with a baby. Um, before that, before we were moms, I mean, it was, it was just, we were the silliest, goofiest girls. I and mean, it's a completely different group than, than my group choice. We yeah. were just like silly. We would like, we carried around stuffed animals and we, we were like these young 20, 20s, just like, we had not a care in the world. And so we would just go from state to state, get off the bus and go shop. And we, you know, just have fun and experience each place. And then when I, when I ended up getting back on the road, like towards the end of when we were together as Zoe Girl, it was the last the last actually it was the last tour it was the revolve tour um with women of faith and um i brought Haley with me and i was like lord how am i gonna do this this is not <laughs> i'm not a 20 year old free-spirited uh kid anymore i've got a baby and i'm gonna be on tour like on a bus and you know singing every night like who's gonna watch her how and it just was like one of those things that i mean uh, god just worked out 
um, it was, I was up a lot, mm-hmm. <laughs> but there was, everybody was sleeping and I was in the back with the baby. Um, uh, but she really, it was the perfect tour to have her on because it was all ladies. It was all girls. Yeah. It was, um, Revolve was about young girls. And so it was all ladies on the tour. Every, she was like the mascot. Everybody wanted to hold Haley. That's fun. And, um, and then Tammy Trent's mom was, um, she was on the tour with us and she was basically like our prayer warrior during the the entire tour like she would literally her purpose there was to sit in the back room and pray over the event wow and so i remember going up to her and being like can you just hold her when i <laughs> while you're praying i'll pay you <laughs> what a blessing i know and so i had this lady praying over my baby while i was out there singing i mean it wow. could not have gotten any like i mean how does it get better than that so, um, so yeah, it, it all worked out, but it was, it was definitely different being a mom on the road. Um, yeah. but I, and Haley loves it. She loves seeing the pictures. Like she can't believe she actually rode a tour bus because, yep. you know, that doesn't happen anymore. These the younger cousins don't get that experience. I know. I said, that is, those are some of my favorite I memories know. from when I was a kid is the times I got to go on the bus. With I love that you guys had that. Yeah. Those were great. So great cool. memories. And well, thanks for sharing that. A lot yeah. of those stories I have never even heard. I I, I knew <laughs> yeah. bits and pieces, but um, you you had a crazy childhood. Oh my that's, goodness, that's that was a very condensed version. Yeah, <laughs> but it was definitely it was unique. Wow. But I'm I'm grateful for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I guess we'll move on to your second question. Okay. Um, this is one. So I've um, I was born in Nashville and. Went to school south of Nashville. Mm-hmm. I went to college in East Tennessee, and now I'm back here in Franklin. So I've gotten to travel a little bit, but I've bas- I've lived my whole life here in the South, mm-hmm. and I know you're not originally from the South. Um, and I I've just am curious to ask you, someone who grew up you you grew up in New Jersey, mm-hmm. is that right? Yes. So growing up in New Jersey, and then eventually moving down here. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say are like the biggest differences in your opinion between East Coast Ooh. life and then <laughs> down here in the Bible Belt? <laughs> well, it's I'm telling you, I've been here 20 years, so I've had an equal, pretty much an equal amount of time in both areas. Um, the biggest differences, I don't, I don't want to get in trouble for some of this. So, <laughs> um, how do I do this? You don't have to pick yeah. one. Just yeah, I love them both. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so a lot of my family's still up in New Jersey and uh-huh. Philly and Delaware. And so I love it up there. I go up there. There's things up there you cannot get down here. Yeah. You cannot get some of that culture. It's just because it's been there longer. Mm-hmm. You go up there, the historical buildings, the things up there are, are home to me because I grew up around it. Whenever I hear somebody with a South Jersey accent, I immediately go back to my childhood and I feel I feel comforted. I feel at home. Mm-hmm. So there are roots there that I don't, it doesn't matter how long I'm here. I'm going to always be tied to that area, the Northeast. For sure. And not to mention the, the food up there. Like you just, some of it, you just can't get down here. And they say it has something to do with the water uh-huh. or as they say, water, yeah. it's in the water. Um, the water's better up there. <laughs> But the bagels and soft pretzels and the pizza and some of the things that they're all so healthy, super healthy things. Yeah. But there's just something different about the way they taste up there. Yeah. Um, so from that standpoint, the Northeast, I feel like they've got they've got the edge for sure. Um, but man, when I moved here, the Southern hospitality hmm. just I couldn't like I came down here with like a chip on my shoulder almost like 
who's out to get me? What do you want from me? Why are you going to like, I just always thought, because I had so much go wrong to me that I was like, I mean, I had my car broken into and stolen. They ripped out my ignition and, and I was in, and you know, up, I was like 18, oh, wow. um, in front of me, you know, like wow. <laughs> things like that. Um, and then the whole thing that happened with my record deal, like uh-huh. you, I just stopped trusting people. And so I came down here and everybody was nice. Yeah. And like people would beep, but it was to say hi. I mean, mm-hmm. like you beep up there and you better like look out. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know what's coming. So, I mean, it's, it's, it was a whole different mindset down here. I had to learn to like let down my guard and to really like trust people and mm-hmm. know that most people are good and most people want to help you and, and not beep because they're mad at you. Yeah. <laughs> Usually beeping because they say hi. Um, I even had a time when I lost my wallet in Nashville and I was like, I was, I had just moved here and I was like, Oh great. There goes that. I canceled all my stuff and I had money in there and Mm -hmm. I was like, okay. So two weeks later I get a package in the mail. It's my wallet. Wow. All the money in there. Coins were in there and a note just saying, I think you might want this. Wow. I don't know who it was from. They didn't put a name, but I was like, that was a moment for me. I was like, okay, this this doesn't always happen. At least like growing up in my mind, that was not something anybody ever would do. I don't yeah. know. I don't know why I felt like that, but it kind of renewed my faith in humanity. Mm. And I'm like, there are good people out there and it's okay to trust people. Yeah. You know, I love talking to people who aren't from the South about the whole Southern hospitality thing, mm-hmm. because growing up here, you hear you, about right. it. And, um, you know, it's like asking the fish about water. Right, right. I I never, I don't know if I'll ever truly be able to appreciate it. I I, I, I notice the difference when I go to just different parts of the country or whatever, and Mm -hmm. the cultures are are different, but that is something that pretty much anyone that I talk to who's not Mm -hmm. from here that comes here, they appreciate just the um, the way people treat others down here. People stop and say hi to you. They look at you. Although it has been a little trickier with, with COVID, yeah, I mean, you don't know what people are doing under their yeah. mask, but you know, people are kind of more to themselves, I think. But I'm hoping that will reverse when yeah. this whole thing goes away. Definitely someday soon. Yeah, one Please day. Jesus. Well, the, um, yeah, yeah, we can all like breathe again and look eye to eye, and you yeah. know, you feel like you're in the grocery store and everyone's just kind of doing their own thing yeah. now, you know. And I miss that. I know it's just it's just part of it right now. Yeah, you know, everybody's kind of just getting through. But, um, but yeah, I think for, for the differences, that's, those are the main differences and that's a big difference. Mm -hmm. I think the, the Southern hospitality part is really Mm -hmm. one of my favorite things about living here. Yeah. I talked to, I'll have this conversation with my mom every once in a while because my mom's from Washington state Mm -hmm. and, um, it's strange to her that she has kids who are, they're Southern. I know. Yeah. I feel like, oh my gosh, my kids are Southern. They are. Little Southern Samoans. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That is a funny thing. Just, it's amazing the way your environment can totally uh, impact just who you are from a young age. Totally. Well, thanks for answering that tough one. I I don't know if I would agree with you on the food. I love Southern cooking. Okay. And that's the thing. I don't want to diss any side because there are nice people up there for sure. And there are, there's great food here, you know, Mm -hmm. so it's not like one or the other, but, um, I love them all. (laughs) And I love barbecue. I'll take a good barbecue sandwich any day. (laughs) Me too. Well, thank you. Those are your first two questions. Um, 
I guess we'll move on to the third one. And I asked this question to all of my guests mm. and it's open-ended so you can answer it however you want and take it wherever you want to. But, um, this question is really what this podcast is all about. So, um, I'll ask it. Okay. What's going on at home? Oh my goodness. That's a loaded question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's going on at home? I mean, we are all very busy right now. Mm-hmm. Thankful to be busy, I guess, because, you know, last year was a lot slower. Yeah. Uh, but there were good things about the slow. I loved the slow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love being home doing puzzles with my kids. And, you know, it was like we had permission to take a break. Um, things are very busy right now. My falls, I'm a photographer now. And so falls for me are super, super busy with family photos and Christmas cards and weddings. And it's the, you know, the colors, the leaves are changing. And yep. so everybody wants pictures like tomorrow. Um, so this right now for me is like, I'm, if I'm not out shooting a wedding or something, I'm home editing and, mm. or trying to fold a pile of like laundry or something yeah. or throw something on the table to eat. So, um, so yeah, it's definitely busy. Um, I love being a mom. I'm in the, I, more than you could even know. It's, it's been like my, my calling and of dream come true hmm. to be a mom. When I was little, I used to always say, Lord, just let me have kids. I just want to have kids, yeah. you know? And I like to be able to have them. It's, you know, it's easy to get frustrated with them and life gets busy. But like when I step back and I think about like the, the little things in life, mm-hmm. Like, you know, Levi hitting the ball and yeah. him coming in with the biggest smile on his face because all his uncles were there cheering him on, aunties and cousins were there. You know, it was like those things are so special to me yeah. that um, the busyness kind of, it kind of evens out. You know, yeah. it, it reminds me what life is about. And I try to steer away from some of that busyness to make sure I'm not forgetting and slowing down, like I said, with Levi because... It does go so fast, yeah. you know, and so trying not to be busy, but still, you know, got to work. You got to do what you got to do and um, got to pay the bills. <laughs> yeah. um, but I, I, I try to really focus on the simple things mm. because they are. I love that phrase, like the little things are the big things because yeah. I think they are. Mm. I really do. I think we we never really miss something until it's gone and we take so much for granted. Yeah. And so. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to be grateful for where I am, my health and my faith, my family. And, you know, we just don't know right now where, where things are going with anything. And so we have to hold on to our faith. We have to hold on to our families and the people we love and the things we love and enjoy every minute Yeah, because we just don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Absolutely. Yeah. I, that's definitely been kind of a theme in my life, Mm. probably for the last, like, Well, I I think when COVID started and Mm. everybody got the chance to just like slow down and, um, let me make sure this is, okay, we're going. Everyone got uh, a chance to slow down and, um, I guess kind of just take inventory of their lives. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I went through that just like everyone. And then I got engaged in Mm -hmm. December and that from the moment I got engaged to the wedding, it felt like my wife, my life was a whirlwind. Mm. Um, but there (laughs) should be, (laughs) yeah, but there were times where, uh, I was reminded by, um, either my dad or my brother, even Jackson or Mm -hmm. my mom to just try and slow down Mm -hmm. and, and 
be present in the moment mm. and enjoy where you're at. And so now that I'm on the other side of the wedding, uh, I do feel like I've been able to catch my breath a little bit. Yeah. And um, just looking back at that season in my life, uh, I, I think I did a pretty good job of like um, celebrating the small victories mm-hmm. and, and enjoying uh, the things that I'll only get to do one time. So Yep, absolutely. Um, My um, wedding planner, at, when we got married, said right before I walked down the aisle, she said, take pictures in your mind mm-hmm. because, you know, those are the ones you're going to remember. And so she's like, it goes by so fast. And so yeah. I, I've held on to that since then, you know, like and not just with weddings, but like in life, like remember, take those pictures, stop and remember it because before you know it. <laughs> It's gone and you're on yeah. to the next thing, you know, yeah. and then you're like, what did I do yesterday? <laughs> I do that I all the time. Sometimes I try and take inventory. Like, like what did I do yeah. all this week? And where was I? I? Like three days ago, I couldn't tell you. No it's clue. crazy, but life flies. <laughs> um, I, I want to ask you this. So you have um, three kids in the house right now mm-hmm. um, and you had Jackson and Dylan. Mm-hmm. So they're out of college. And yep. I wanted to ask has anything changed not necessarily in i'm sure the way you parent has changed over time but um obviously the world has changed a lot since when jackson and dylan were levi's age Mm -hmm. till now um being a mom through really two different kind of eras of kids growing up like what have have the what would you say the biggest differences are for maybe Jackson and Dylan that you saw for them growing up and now Mm. Haley Riley and Levi. Yeah. There's the main glaring one. And I'm sure, you know, it's just technology. Yeah. And it's, it's one of those things, you know, how Facebook and Twitter or Instagram went down the other day. I was like, this is amazing. Like I kept going on and I'm like, Oh, it's not working. Oh Mm -hmm. shoot. Oh yeah. It's not working. How many times did I try? Yeah. And I'm like, Nope, still not working. Like, why am I so worried about it? Like, who cares? It was almost nice to be like, okay, I don't know what's going on and it's okay. I went about my day and I was like, man, what if we just had a week of that? You know, yeah. like almost like an internet detox because like, and it's, it's no, it's not our kid's fault. It's, I mean, it's, I mean, it's not really our fault. It's just where life is yeah. right now. That's, we use technology for everything. We're using it right now, mm-hmm. you know, that's, and it's a good thing, but you know, the difference I think from when like Jackson and Dylan were little it wasn't readily available at your fingertips 24-7. Yeah. And now it's like with with Levi, I mean, he sees us on it all the time and he wants his phone. He mm-hmm. wants his iPad and he wants to be able to play all the games we're playing and watch movies and, you know, YouTube kids. And, and if I let him, he would do it all day. Yeah. And I'm like, man, Levi, I said this the other day to him. I'm like, what do you think you're going to remember when you're like 10 or 12? Like about when you were a kid well i don't know i'm like you know you you don't know because yeah. like i hope you remember when you hit the ball you know i'm trying to give them those moments but like so much of their lives are consumed with looking at a screen mm-hmm. like that doesn't there's no memory there there's yeah. no you're not going to remember that so um it's it's really um a sad thing to watch for yeah. you know these younger kids i don't know where it's going and I'm just praying that these kids can somehow fight through the temptation to be on it all the time as they grow. Yeah. Um, because it's not it's not healthy, and they're missing out on so much. Yeah. And um, I'm glad that you know 
Jackson and Dylan, they, they can kind of, they have a perspective of it because they kind of had, and you, like you, you had it for a little bit, but you didn't have it the whole time. Right. And so um, I think you guys are in a better position. Like you were able to experience things. And then on top of it all, you, you add in like these kids like wearing masks in school and not being able to like see emotions. Yeah. And I work in a preschool with, with um, little ones. Mm-hmm. And it's been two years that we have masks on. And for two-year-olds, they need to learn our reactions. Like right. happy face, sad face. That made me sad. They're not seeing it. And so... It makes you wonder, like, where things are going right now. Yeah. Like, with this generation growing up, like, they haven't had field trips. They haven't had the experiences that you all had because it's, we've been on lockdown. Yeah. And it's no one's, it's not our fault. It's not their fault. Um, we just got to pray that these kids can, can fight through some of these issues and, and, and be okay. Yeah, it is a crazy time to be a kid. It uh, is. I'm not I around a it. lot of kids now, but <laughs> when I think about it, it's like... I mean, they don't know any different. Exactly. Like, it's to them, it's being a kid. Yeah. But we know what it was like. And, yeah. you know, to grow up just out riding bikes and, you know, just playing outside until it got dark and nobody knew where I was. I didn't have to call on my phone to check in. They just... I guess they just hope that we come home. I don't yeah. <laughs> You know, we just yelled, I'm going down the street. You There's know? so many and, things that now today that you know i rely on technology for mm-hmm. that i think about how did people i don't know how people oh got to it got anywhere without a gps oh my god and it's funny to think yep. that um you know i've never i don't think i've ever read a road map you never read right? a map yeah. and but it's an experience you know i and then when there's um there's like road construction or there's detours yeah and you have a roadmap, that's real fun. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of things. Oh. Um, just communi- like communicating. The fact that I can text yeah. or call Alexis at any time. Mm-hmm. If that was taken away from me, it would be hard for me to like, okay, how do I, how do just, I function? It just <laughs> knew that there was things you weren't going to know. Yeah. And you just had to be okay with knowing you weren't going to know. Yeah. You know, until they got home. And it was patience. And, you know, if you missed if you went to the bathroom during the commercial break of your show and you missed it that's you just missed it yeah there I was think, no like oh man i can go back and rewind it <laughs> like you know we um we're so everything's immediate now yeah and, um it wasn't always that way and I, that's another thing you're gonna have to look out for with these kids like they can they pay attention yeah because without unless it's something they're really interested in are they able to because everything is catered like i mean levi will watch a video on KidTube. Three seconds later, he clicks to the next one. He yeah. clicks to the next one. He never finishes them. Yeah, no. Like, he's never watched a 30-minute show or a cartoon. Yeah, like, I think... Um, so, I... Recent, probably within the last, like, six months, I downloaded TikTok. The, mm. And, um, you know, I don't make TikToks, but the, the algorithm that TikTok has, it's just really good at like showing you videos that mm-hmm. you're interested in, which is kind of weird how yeah. it can just do that. <laughs> how but they do that? I did know, like I didn't, the videos on TikToks are like a minute long video seems, mm-hmm. feels really long. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, to me, it feels long. And, and I'm like, <laughs> man, is my attention span that like, uh, you start scrolling through like, get to it, get to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's if I'm not laughing or right. my eye, if it's not caught my attention in the first few seconds, just swipe and well, there's that's, something else. There's something, there's always yeah. something else. I'll ask you this. Cause I remember, so I think I was 13 when I got my first cell phone. Mm-hmm. It was one of those, uh, 
that you slid it open oh. and it had the keyboard. It was my first cell phone was like right before the iPhone came okay. out. Okay. And then um, what were those called? Uh, uh, mine was called like uh, a rumor. Rumor. Yeah. yeah, I remember those. Okay. Yeah, so that was my first cell phone, and then eventually, I think I was in high school when I got my first iPhone, but. I'm curious. I, well, I remember I was probably in sixth or seventh grade when my classmates started getting cell phones. Mm-hmm. And my parents were like, no, you don't need a cell phone. You're yeah. 10 years old. You don't need <laughs> what, what do you need a cell phone for? But eventually um, it got to the point they gave me a cell phone. I don't, I don't know what the breaking point was for them. <laughs> but um, whenever I have kids, like I know kids today they get their they get a cell phone sometimes before they're even in school mm-hmm. and f- like my initial reaction is what the heck are you doing giving a four-year-old a five-year-old yeah. a cell phone mm-hmm. but then when i really step back i think well i mean how can i blame people when you know it's I, i'm attached to my cell phone and these kids are going to grow up mm-hmm. with with that so i guess you might all as well they do start is mommy now. can i have your phone mommy yeah. can i have your phone and i need my phone so i'm like here just take this one well my c- and you give in and yeah. it's not good it's it's not I, I i agree i wish it was i wish it was easier to do yeah. but there is a temptation my question is like because i wonder when i have kids at what age do I want to give them that cell phone? And because mm-hmm. it opens up a whole new world of just information yeah. and everything. And for you, with a a, a young five year old in mm-hmm. Levi, um, like what is your thought process behind that, or um, how do you struggle yeah. with that? I think none of like if I could go back in time, I would not have given my kids phones in middle school. Mm. There's way too much on there that unless you can do it to where they can just make a call and you can, there's parental restrictions where you can do that. Sometimes they can get around in those. So you got to be, you got to make sure what you're doing is actually effective. Um, But I would, I would have taken social media out of the picture because it has, it has been, it's been rough. Yeah. It's not been easy. And every kid's different. Every kid handles things differently. Some kids handle things outwardly. Some kids handle things internally. And so we have two very different kids and they handle the same pressures differently. Yeah. And so, um, but regardless of the kid, I would have waited till at least wait till high school mm-hmm. because um, they can still get, in t- it's like, we feel like we have to be in touch all the time with every, and I survived. I don't know how I survived without a phone growing yeah. up. I mean, we did. I mean, granted, we had pay phones all around. <laughs> we had a quarter and a pay. I don't even think my kids would know how to use a pay phone. <laughs> if I put them over there, they, their life depended on it. It'd be over. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I would, I would definitely have waited. And with Levi, I mean, he has an old phone, so it's not really a phone. Like he has like games on it, but it's the, the whole social media thing uh, to me is a no brainer. They don't need it. They do not need the pressures, the influence. They can't handle it. They're not mature enough to process it. And it becomes like they identify with it. So as as these kids are growing sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, they don't even know who they are yet. That's the years you you figure out your group and your friends and who you think you are and who, well, maybe I'm not that. Maybe I'm this. And all of a sudden, it's like these pressures come in and they see these fake videos and mm-hmm. like what they think is real is not real. And so they're trying to be stuff that 
they shouldn't. There's these like dares out there now where they're getting in trouble and they don't have the maturity to handle it, you know, at that age. And it's not their fault. It's just, that's life. When Mm -hmm. you're 11 and 12, you're just, you're going, you know, through a lot of changes emotionally and hormonally and you don't understand. It's actually, I think middle school is more dangerous than high school Mm -hmm. because they don't understand the consequences of what they do. They do things thinking, oh, that's funny, you know, whatever. But they're not really thinking about what's about to happen and how that makes that person feel. High school might, I think you're a little more mature. Not all the time, but yeah. <laughs> but um, but I think at least you understand cause and effect a little more um, than you do when you're 11 and 12. Yeah, so. I think with the whole social media thing, too, I feel like it has become something that maybe it probably wasn't intended to be when it first was yeah. made. Because I remember mm-hmm. when I first it was 2011 when I got a Twitter account mm. and Twitter used to be like, at least how me and my friends were using it, was like going to the movies tonight. Right. Or, right. Wow, the Steeler game was crazy. One, so, yeah, one line things. Yeah. yeah that, that's yeah. not what Twitter is anymore. No. And that's not, we didn't even have Instagram mm-hmm. or, uh, I, I don't know. It's become like mm-hmm. your, your Instagram feed and your Twitter feed and TikToks. It's almost like, for kids today and adults, it's like mm-hmm. that has become part of who you are. Yeah, It's become just as real as me and you right. sitting right here. And I don't think that's what it was intended to be. Maybe it mm. was, but um, that is what it is now. And I agree with you. Mm-hmm. I think that's a dangerous thing for, for anyone, but especially kids. Yeah, I don't think, I mean, I hands down would... Um would would change that yeah and we've we've back we've backtracked with our middle schooler we actually took social media off and you know we're doing it we're parenting for the first time with all this stuff too it's all new to all of us and we're going to make mistakes and so um it's okay to go back and say Mm -hmm. look we got to rethink things and do it better i think about when i was a kid and 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 my parents made decisions sometimes for me um and just the way that they parented uh, you know, I remember there were times where I was frustrated with my parents because mm-hmm. it's like, you don't know what <laughs> that, that kid's parents let them do, or you don't know what, you don't know anything about me. <laughs> and I will say, as I've gotten older, uh, I've definitely appreciated um, my parents and, and at least not to say that they made all the right decisions because I think mm-hmm. they would even admit that they didn't, but yeah. I have a lot more compassion and empathy for just parents in general, because mm-hmm. especially in a world that changes as fast as ours does, yeah. you know, there's a lot of decisions that people have to make for their kids that yeah. they don't know if if it's the right thing or the wrong thing. But I mean, this is, yeah, like the whole, we don't know what the outcome is going to be with these kids being, you know, exposed to all of this so young. Yeah. And so it's a first time for parents parenting a kid that is going through this for the first time. So it'll be interesting to kind of see how things unfold in the years to come with kids and social media. Well, if there's one thing I can say to encourage you is that I know that you love all of your kids and that is, (laughs) that's all that really matters. I think when it comes down to is, and they know Mm -hmm. that they love you. So, um, Auntie, uh, thank you so much for just taking the time to come and Uh, sit and talk with me. Uh, This was awesome. Yeah, I really 
have enjoyed getting to do all of these episodes. So we need um, to interview you. Have you been interviewed yet? I haven't been. Hey, That's one thing come that on. maybe uh, in the future I'll tell my guests to prepare a question hey. for me. But uh, um, but we'll see about yes. that. But thank you so much <laughs> awesome. for your time, and Thanks, Josh. hopefully we can do it again sometime. Okay, sounds good. To all of those who tuned in today, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back with more episodes soon. Have a great day.